Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Today's sermon is given by Pastor Billy Kim, Director of Communications at 180 Church and Chaplain at NYU. Welcome back, everyone. And currently, we are now in the Advent season. Now, for those of us who are new to our church, our church follows the liturgical calendar where Advent is about observing the birth of Jesus Christ. It actually spans four weeks until Christmas, where we go back to the Christmas story and and remind ourselves about the significance of Jesus' arrival here on Earth. And for some of us who've been here for a while and we forgot that it was Advent, it's okay. You know, especially during this time, you know, the days, the weeks, and the months can just feel like a blur sometimes. And you know, in fact, that's what the Israelites felt like in the first century. You know, for all of us, we've been in this pandemic for nine months. For the Israelites, they were enduring for 400 years waiting for the Messiah to come. So that's a really long time. But I want to use uh, the season of Advent as a frame today because I know for a lot of us, this pandemic has been very exhausting and crippling for many of us, right? For many of us, pandemic fatigue is real, right? This crisis is overwhelming and, and having it, especially even the holidays, it just makes it even harder. You know, not that I condone it, but I understand why some people have been ignoring the CDC guidelines during this time. You know, even for myself, I was tempted to visit my parents, you know, during Thanksgiving. But I, but I get it. You know, when things are just lasting this long, people are just getting tired. People are feeling helpless and hopeless. And people are just looking for some type of relief and stability at this time. And I know for a lot of us, we can relate to that. You know, parents, you know, especially re- with remote learning with your kid can be really hard. For students, you know, the future can feel uncertain. For some of us who are unemployed and hoping for the job market to be better and creating a sense of normalcy is something that we're looking forward to, but we feel overwhelmed and uncertain about. It just, it just can feel very, very hard. But I believe observing Advent can be a means of grace for all of us. And why I say that, because if, when we go back to Advent, Um, It is a good reminder to look back in history and how God has intervened. You know, God has intervened with the Israelites in their most darkest and chaotic times. And he's pulled through. And for all of us who are in this pandemic, I think it's a reminder that he has time and time again have come through and lifted us up. So in Advent, you know, we look back and we were reminded of God's gift of love, joy, peace, and hope. And today, I want to focus on peace. And so, that's what I want to answer today as we go into the text. You know, how do we learn to grasp peace and true peace in this Advent season? And so we're going to go to Acts 10 and into the story of Cornelius and Peter again. And we're going to find out how. 
So I'll see you guys in a few. Hi, everyone. Today's scripture is from the book of Acts, chapters 10, verses 27 to 44. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or visit with a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Sent to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon, who, the tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and the power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on the cross, but God raised, raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by the witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still, was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. And that is the word of the Lord. Bye, guys. So the question we asked from the very beginning was, how do we grasp true peace this Advent season? Well, this is the first lesson we learned. Our efforts alone will never be enough. Peace begins with our relationship with God. And you actually see this play out in the life of Cornelius when Peter meets him for the first time and asks him why he sent for him. And in verse 30, Cornelius answers, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Now, who is Cornelius? He is a Roman centurion, meaning that he was a commander in the Roman army. So this guy understood battle. This guy experienced war. And he actually understood what it meant to maintain order and peace. And from this passage, we learned that he does a really good job at it. Professionally, as a centurion in the Roman Empire, they did an incredible job creating one of the most diverse empires in history. They managed different ethnic groups and religious groups and cultures that spanned from the Egyptians to the Nordic Brit British uh, barbaric tribes to the Middle East. And as a result, they actually what historians called the Pax Romana, meaning the peace of Rome, where they created roads 
where people could travel, um, which encouraged commerce and trade with one another. If I could con contextualize it, the Roman roads were the internet of the first century. It gave varying and diverse people, people groups an opportunity to exchange ideas, information, and goods. But also in an individual level, you see how Cornelius actually created a sense of peace and stability for his friends, his families, even his jurisdictions. The passage says that he actually was very charitable and generous, giving money to the poor. And this guy even prayed, right? He was a man of prayer. He was, it was even to the point where God heard his prayers to the point where he sent an angel to tell him to find Peter. So, in essence, Cornelius was a guy that perpetuated a sense of order and goodness around it. Yet, in spite of all these things, when Peter and Cornelius meet, and Cornelius wants to hear the good news of the gospel, this is what Peter says. And I think this is something we got to pay attention to. He says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know, out of all things, the first thing Peter declares about the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news of peace. And it's interesting that he says that because he doesn't call it the good news of love. He doesn't call it the good news of hope. The first thing Peter says is the good news of peace. Why? It's because in spite of Cornelius' efforts to maintain peace externally, he still couldn't shake off the anxiousness internally. And it shows that we can try to maintain and even grasp external peace all we want. But if we aren't right with God, we will never experience a transcending and internal peace that we're looking for because fundamentally, it starts with Jesus Christ. And in other words, what Peter was showing us is a very critical and theological understanding of the nature of peace. Peace isn't a circumstance. It's a person. And it, it, it is determined based on a relationship with God. You know, Rick Warren said this, um, and I thought this was very illuminating. He said, the reality is that there will never be peace in the world until there is peace in nations. And there will never be peace in nations until there is peace in communities. And there will, won't be peace in communities until there is peace in families, and there won't be peace in our families until there is peace in our individual lives. In other words, it's in a micro level with us and God. Something that illustrates this very well was something that actually happened to me in the last day in the sun in November. Now, we've been doing these Days in the Sun events for over five years now, so we've been through so many different situations and protocols that you can think of. If the weather is precarious, we had a plan for that. And for those who are always worried about food, I'm looking at you, Danny and Joe, we make sure to have plenty of food so that everyone can feel full at the end of the day. And so, in this particular day in the sun, we were so well prepared that we were pretty much with, 
we were pretty much done with setup in like an hour and a half in advance. It was to the point where even Stu forgot something in the sound team and asked me to pick something up in Best Buy that I did, dropped it off, and they still had over an hour to look for parking. So I was so confident and I was so in, felt like I was so in control until I wasn't. Little did I know that that day everyone wanted to go to the park. And so literally for an hour, I was looking for parking and I couldn't find anything. A 16 block radius and there was nothing in sight. And at that point, it started, it started hitting towards 12 o'clock and it started getting anxious. I had, to make, I, was, I, should, I, I had to make sure that I was there to do announcements, but nothing. I called Doc at 12.20 and I'm like, Doc, I don't know if I can make the service. I'm still looking for parking. He goes, yeah, I'm having a problem too. Just go to one of those parking lots. I get rejected in all three spots because I'm driving a van. And at this point, it's 12.45. Minyoung calls me and she's like, Peeves, where are you? You have to do announcements. I tell her I'm still looking for park parking and she goes, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. Come back, I'm gonna get Danny to take over and to look for a spot while you do announcements. When I give Danny the keys to the van, I run up. And literally, five minutes later, Danny comes back and he's there at, at the service with us. I ask him what happened and he goes, peeps, you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't realize it, but literally once I took over the van, I took a, I took a quick left and there was a parking spot right in front of me. And that's a good picture of what it looks like when we take matters into our own hands versus trusting God with our lives. You know, that's why in the Christmas story, when the angels visit the shepherds, announcing Jesus' birth, they declare to have peace on earth. Because the fundamental issue and the problem is our broken relationship with God. It goes back to Eden, where we thought we could be the masters of our own universe, and we try to take control into our own hands. We really thought we could be good without God. And that's why we're in a mess, and why we're always feeling anxious, and why peace seems so elusive and frail sometimes. Because even though we try to attain it and maintain it, this pandemic comes in and just ruins everything. But the pandemic, remember, the pandemic is not the problem, you know? And I think it's presumptuous to believe that the pandemic is the cause of our anxiety. It just highlights it because remember before the pandemic, we had a shooting problem. So what this really illuminates is that the, the issue is not external. The issue is us. We are the problem. And that's why if we want to see any true peace, we must first examine our relationship with God. Are there things that we're trying to control that we can't control? Are there things that, are, that we find ourselves anxious because we're trying to maintain something that we can? And I pray that that really illuminates each and every one of us, especially during this time, and helps us actually turn back to God and, and turning to Him of the control and the life that we need to just surrender to Him. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would really show you that at this moment. Now, some of you guys might be thinking, Pastor Billy, are you saying that if I give my life to God, I will be conflict-free, that I don't 
I shouldn't worry about anything and let God take care of everything? No, I'm not saying that at all. The, the gospel is not about escapism. It's not avoiding problems. In fact, Jesus said in himself, he said, in this life you will have trouble. Meaning that in the life that we're living in at this moment, this temporary life, there will always be conflict, there will always be problems. But this is what he promises. He says, but, he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. So the gospel is not about avoiding problems. It's not avoiding issues. It's really about trusting God to give you the strength to confront it, to deal with it, and to overcome it. And that brings me to the second lesson that we asked from the very beginning is, how do we learn to grasp true peace this Advent season? And this is the second lesson, is to be peacemakers. Becoming people that pursue wholeness, not to walk away from it. And we see that play out in verse 34, where Peter says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Christ Jesus, who is the Lord of all. You know, we learned three weeks ago that Peter was deeply racist, and that was something that God wanted to address in his life. But now we see the reason why he orchestrates these two people to meet together. It wasn't just for Cornelius to hear the good news and the gospel of peace, but it was actually for Peter to find peace with his neighbors. You know, and this is something that we have to realize about God's nature of peace. It's for every believer to be called and invited to acknowledge, address, and confront the brokenness in our lives and the world and actually do something about it. Because the truth is, in our culture, the culture's understanding of peace is to try to be as tranquil and as worry-free as possible. It's about trying to stay within our safe zones and doing whatever we can not to have anyone disturb it, right? But here we see God constantly disturbing Peter, disturbing Peter in his prayers, disturbing Peter in his Jewish culture, because at the heart of God and the heart of the gospel is recognizing that there is something deeply broken and doing something about it. And it's, so it's never stationary. Sure, there are times to rest, you know, you know, keeping the Sabbath. There are times to rest and to recover and, re, and, and restore, but it's never meant for us to stay there, not in this life. We have eternity for that. No, we are called to engage, to love, to forgive, to reconcile what is broken, whether it's in the individual level or a community level or a social level. And you know, that's why Peter doing this says and declares about the good news of peace. He wasn't just calling the good news of peace to just Cornelius. He was also recognizing that in himself because later, right after he says, because he is, it is through Jesus Christ who is the Lord of all, not the Lord of the Jews, but the Lord of all, of everyone. And so for us who are believers, we who, are, who receive God's grace and forgiveness are commanded and called to do the same. Every year, you guys know that 180 Fellowship does these care package events. And before I begin, I just want to just let everyone know that um, 
who supported us financially in prayer. We just want to thank you guys because through your support, we gave over 200 care packages to NYU students all across the world, from New York City to California, from places like Taiwan, South Korea, and Malaysia. And I got some incredible feedback. Uh, there are so many students that were very grateful that we did an event like this because the truth is it was one of the rare events that NYU allowed us to do or just to do in general because they because of the situation that was going on so but honestly if I were to tell you the truth I was questioning if we should even do this from the beginning you know I was really worried about our students because our students were feeling anxious about the future and and if they had the strength and the capacity uh, to talk about and address mental wellness when they're not feeling well themselves. And so when I asked them and I told them that they didn't have to do this, but if they wanted to do it, you know, they told me, they're like, Pastor Billy, this is something that we need to do. You know, and they're like, this is something that's worth fighting for because people really need to know and hear that God loves them and God cares about them. And there's people rooting for them and fighting for them. And you know, I was really surprised by that. And especially one student who spoke up in one of our debrief meetings, which really touched my heart. You know, she's part of our community and she's been with us for over a year now. And she's one of our seekers, uh, someone that's investigating faith. And she told me, he's like, you know, Pastor Billy, you know, it's this message and this event that made me want to join 180 Fellowship. And this is the reason why I'm finding faith now. It's like, how can I not want to be part of something and do something like this to help other people that mentally and spiritually need this at this time? And you know, when I heard that, I was so shocked because I knew it was true. You know, for us who have experienced the peace of the gospel, are called and meant to do the same and having even people in our fellowship discovering and learning that for themselves and you know that's what the passage in is speaking to us about peace and advent especially in this time it's an invitation for many of us to step out of ourselves and to emulate the peace of god and 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 express that to those who are in need and you know that means for some of us it could just be showing up and showing face to those that are feeling alone right now, especially during the holidays and during this time. And for others, it might be deeper. You know, especially in the holidays when we're dealing with family or for some of us are living with family, it could get rough. Tensions can arise and conflicts can really, really rub us the wrong way. And I think it's, and, the stre- and especially at this time, the stress level is so thin that perhaps this is a call for many of us to step out and extend forgiveness, to walk in kindness, to embody reconciliation because of the mercy and grace that we found ourselves in Christ Jesus. So my prayer is that I pray that the Holy Spirit reveal whatever brokenness, whether in an individual level or maybe a corporate level, that God will show you what God is leading you to find peace in. And you know, and then I just want to leave you with this because it's raining right now. You know, I can't even control the weather. 
Um, what I've what I've just what I've been learning over the years and within myself and when I'm reading the word and with other people is that those are the people that are most satisfied aren't people that are avoiding conflict but they find themselves immersed in it and when they do they actually find meaning in the conflict and the struggles they find meaning in the anxiety and finding peace you know as Paul says uh, above uh, that transcends all understanding it's ironic that uh, Paul writes that in prison, you know, and also in the same time, you know, you see someone like MLK writing the letters of the Birmingham jail, write about reconciliation and writing about writing uh, the wrongs of racism and finding peace in jail. You know, it shows you something about life, about how God designed where we're called not to be conflict free, but to be immersed and involved in in fighting the fights that actually matter most because we're called to restore the beauty in all things. So I pray that at this time in Advent, we learn and discover that, find that, be rooted in scripture and emulate God's peace for whatever that might come our way. So will you pray with me? Because it's, it's boring, right? Will you pray with me and see what, is, what, that's look, what that looks like for ourselves? Thanks, guys. There's nothing you
you bow your heads for the benediction today. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am. Be still and know. Be still. God bless you. Until we see each other again. Shalom. Good afternoon, everybody. We just want to thank you guys for joining us for our Sunday service this afternoon. Before we finish, we have some community news for everyone, and we're going to start off with tithes and offering. As a reminder, you can always tithe through Venmo at Church 180, through our website, 180church.tv, using PayPal, or you can tithe through Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv. Our next announcement is about the Bible Reading Group, which you can find on Instagram at 180BRG, as well as on Tumblr at 180BRG. And here we post just a chapter of the Bible every day and a verse of the Bible on the Instagram account so that we can continue to have God's Word present at all times in our lives because we don't live on bread alone but we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our next announcement is about the prayer text hotline, which you can find at 539-7-PRAYER or online at prayer at 180church.tv. Again, with everything that's going on in the world, sometimes we need a little bit of help. And the prayer text hotline is there so that we can lift up our requests, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, our friends, and our family to God. And so that we're not praying about these things alone, but we're praying for them in the context of community. Our next announcement is about small groups. And even though we're socially distancing from one another, it's still so important for us to continue to meet so that we can spur one another on, not just in faith in Christ, but spur one another on and encourage each other through the difficulties and the trials that are going on in life. No matter what stage of life you're in, we have a group that would be great for you. And right now, all of our groups are meeting online. So no matter where you are in the city or even in the country, we have a group that would be perfect for you. Our adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30. Our young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30. And our college group, 180 Fellowship, meets on Fridays at 7.30. If you're interested in joining a group, you can email Pastor Billy at billykim.180 at gmail.com. So finally, we want to invite you to all our social media outlets. Clearly, we are social media savvy from all the lists that you see here, from Facebook to YouTube to podcasts. And I just want to encourage you guys to actually follow along because there's so much rich resources that could actually bless you. From insightful articles uh, through Dr. Sammy that he has written, um, especially from Christianity Today, uh, to insightful, thoughtful discussions on the podcast with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu. In addition to this, uh, we, have, we have a new addition, which is our SoundCloud. And it's a worship playlist of all the things that Pastor Lydia has played throughout this pandemic. So if you've been blessed by any song throughout this time, you'll see it there. Use it as a way to connect with God, to remember that God is with you. And to be blessed by him and to bless others through this situation that's going on. Those are all of our announcements for this Sunday. We want to thank you guys once again for joining us, and we hope to see you soon.